0: Today, I want to talk to you about your vision, and I don't mean how far you can see or how well you can see, but about what it means to see the world with good eyes. Most people don't realize how powerful our vision can be. Our lives are shaped by the images we see, and even more so by how we interpret what we see. In this episode, we'll study the portion of the Bible that deals with a mysterious disease, and we'll discover how the way we see contributes to what we see in our lives. If we want to see good things, we need to learn to see with good eyes, and this episode will show you how. Every week Jews around the world read and study the same Torah portion known as the Parsha. Just as a reminder, in case you are new to the podcast, this is something that the Jewish people have been doing for thousands of years. And on our podcast, we follow this ancient biblical reading schedule and we study the Parsha of each week. If you want to know more about this practice and how it got started, I recommend that you listen to the first episode of this podcast, and I'm going to link to it in the show notes. And whether you are new here or have been listening for a while, I want to say thank you. Thank you for studying with us. I'm so happy that we're on this biblical journey together. This week's parsha, the one that we will study today, is called Tazria. It covers chapter 12 and 13 in the book of Leviticus. Parshat Tazria discusses laws related to ritual purity and impurity. Chapter 12 talks about the laws as they relate to a woman who has just given birth. And chapter 13 discusses the laws of someone who experiences a specific kind of affliction, which could appear on skin, on clothing, or even on the walls of a house. The verses that I want to focus on today introduce us to this biblical affliction. They're the first two verses of Leviticus 13, and I'll read them to you now. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when anyone has a swelling or a rash or a shiny spot on their skin that may be a defiling skin disease, they must be brought to Aaron the priest or to one of his sons who is a priest. This verse tells us that if any of the Israelites had signs of this mysterious disease, they were brought to one of the priests of Israel. The first thing that we need to understand is that the affliction that the Bible is talking about is not the same as any of the diseases that we have in our times. If that were the case, it should have been diagnosed by a doctor, not a priest. The disease that the Bible talks about was spiritual in nature. It was the physical manifestation of a spiritual condition, which is why it had to be diagnosed and treated by a spiritual leader. Only a spiritual process could heal the disease. The truth is that this disease, which is often translated as leprosy, or in our translation as a skin-defiling disease, was not really a disease at all. How do we know that? Because it could appear not only on skin, but on clothing and on walls, and diseases don't affect inanimate objects. The Bible uses the same Hebrew word to describe this affliction wherever or however it appeared, whether it was on a body or on an object. It was called the same thing. It was called tzara'at, and there really isn't an equivalent English word for it. So while you might be used to calling it leprosy, a skin-defiling disease, or a defiling mold, we're going to refer to it by the original Hebrew biblical word, tzara'at. According to Jewish tradition, there were 10 different sins that could cause tsaraat. They are idolatry, immorality, murder, desecrating God's name, blasphemy, cheating, stealing, pride, evil speech, and the last one, having a narrow eye. This Lassen, having a narrow eye, is hinted at in the word tsaraat. In Hebrew, having a narrow eye is called tsarut ayin. Can you hear how those two words are similar? If you rearrange the Hebrew letters of tzara'at, you can get tzarut ayin, a constricted or narrow eye. But while all of the other sins on the list are pretty straightforward, we understand exactly what it means to murder or steal. The sin of having a narrow eye is not as easy to understand. And if these sins were singled out in biblical times, it's probably a good idea for us to avoid them today. But in order to make sure that we don't have a narrow eye, first we need to understand exactly what it is. So what is tzarut ein, a narrow eye? Well, what happens when we squint our eyes, when we make them narrow? When we squint, we are able to see one particular area better, but we aren't able to see everything else around it. Having a narrow eye means that we focus in on one thing, in this instance, specifically a negative thing, and we don't see everything else, including all of the good surrounding it. The rabbis compared it to a fly that can land anywhere in a giant room, but chooses to land on the one dirty spot in the room. A person with a narrow eye rests their gaze on the bad spots in everyone and everything. Instead of seeing the positive, they focus on the negative. Some of us do this more than others. Maybe you're even thinking, hey, I know someone who is just like that, always focused on what's wrong instead of what's right. But The truth is that almost all of us do it to some extent sometimes. As human beings, we are more likely to pay attention to something that is bad than to all of the things that are good in life. We tend to take the good things for granted. The other day, I took one of my kids to a doctor, one that we had never been to before. I live in Israel, but just like in America and most places in the world, the first thing you need to do when you go to a new doctor is to fill out a bunch of forms. The forms ask you for the basic information about the patient and then asks if he or she has or has ever had certain medical issues. There are several pages listing diseases and medical conditions that you have to check off as being relevant or irrelevant to the patient. Every time that I fill out one of these forms, it always strikes me how blessed I am to check off almost all of the items as not relevant to me or to my child. I find myself saying thank God under my breath as I read one horrible thing after another that my child thankfully doesn't have. And after doing that, whatever issue we came in to discuss with the doctor seems so small compared to the overall health that me and my family have been blessed with. We tend to focus on the one thing that hurts or isn't exactly as we'd like it to be. But in reality, there is so much more to see when it comes to a picture of health. And it's our job to turn our narrow vision into a broader vision, to see the bigger picture when it comes to our health, and to see the bigger picture in everything else in life too. When we broaden our vision, we see the good instead of just the bad. And for every one thing that is wrong with a person or a situation, there are usually a thousand things that are right. Our challenge is to change our narrow eye into a good eye. Or in Hebrew, as we say, an, tovah, an eye that sees the good in everyone and everything. Having a good eye means that we focus on the bigger picture and also that we choose to see things in a positive light. So much of this, yes, is a choice. The Talmud, a 1,500-year-old book of Jewish teachings, gives an example of how two people can experience the same exact thing but see it completely different ways. One person sees the experience with a good eye and the other person with a bad eye. Here's the example from the Talmud. Two people are guests in someone's home for dinner. The first person, the one with a good eye, says to himself, Wow, the host went through so much trouble for me. Look how much wine and meat and bread he brought just for me. Look how hard he worked to give me a good meal. But the other guest says to himself, What trouble did the host go to on my behalf? Everything he did, he really did for his wife and his children and all the other people who are at this meal. All I had was one roll and a single glass of wine. I don't even eat so much. He did not do this for me at all. He did it for everyone else. These two people had the same experience, but very different perceptions of it. The Talmud concludes that the way each guest perceived the situation says nothing about the host, but completely defines each guest. I once heard it put this way. We don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. If we want to see the good in our life, we have to change how we see them. We need to develop a good eye and to see the positive in every situation. This goes for how we see people too we need to train our eyes to see the good in every person. I'm constantly training my eyes to see the good in people in my family, the people I work with, and everyone that I meet. Nothing good comes out of focusing on the negative. And I see for myself, when I focus on the positive, everyone is happier, including myself. For example, I have an amazing husband, Amichai, who is happy to run errands for our family, even when it's his third time at the grocery store in one week. But sometimes he comes home with the wrong thing or he'll forget something that was on my list. Can any of you relate to that? Sometimes that means I have to change what I was planning to make for dinner or get really creative to make it work. I have a choice here. I could get frustrated and focus on the fact that my husband didn't get what I wanted at the grocery store. I could get angry and annoyed I could be right that he didn't get everything that was on the list. Or I could choose to focus on the positive. I can choose to focus on the fact that I have an amazing husband who is happy to go to the store for me, who usually buys everything I need and occasionally makes a mistake. I try to see Amichai, my kids, and everyone with a good eye, with an ayin tova to see the overwhelming amount of good in them instead of focusing on the one thing that isn't perfect. I don't always succeed. And Sometimes I catch myself focusing on the negative, but like everything else, I get better with practice. The more I practice looking for the good in other people, the more I naturally see the good in everyone around me. Just the other day, my daughter Sapir had a sleepover with her friend and they went to sleep so late. I told them to get in bed, they didn't listen. It took them an hour till they finally went to sleep and I was annoyed. And then when I went in in the middle of the night to give a kiss to my sleeping daughter, I saw that she took the bed that I know is a little bit less comfortable and she doesn't like as much. She gave the good bed to her friend. And I saw that she took the pillow that's a little bit harder even though I know she doesn't like the hard pillow. She gave the soft and more cozy pillow to her friend. I was so overwhelmed with seeing the good in her. Yeah, she went to sleep a little later than I told her, but I was able in that instant to see her with only pride. And the rabbis taught that seeing a person with a good eye doesn't only apply to how we see other people, it applies to how we see ourselves too. We can be our own worst critics. We might be able to see the good in everyone else, but we have a much harsher time when we have to judge ourselves. Sometimes when I lay down to sleep at night, thoughts pop into my mind about all the things that I didn't get done that day, all the things that I had planned to accomplish but wasn't able to. But that's just the enemy trying to make me see myself with a narrow eye, a bad eye, an ain ra'ah, instead of seeing myself with a good eye, an eyeing tova. What about all the things that I did get done that day? What about all that I accomplished in spite of all the interruptions and unexpected setbacks? If I focus on what I didn't get done, I feel bad about myself and less confident about the next day. But when I celebrate my accomplishments, I'm at peace with myself and I feel encouraged and empowered to face whatever the next day brings. We need to acknowledge our shortcomings. There is benefit in that so that we can improve them, but we can't be overly focused on them. When we see ourselves with a good eye, when we see all that is good about us, we grow the good that is inside of us. The rabbis taught how we see something, a person, or a situation has an effect on what we're looking at. We aren't objective observers. We have an effect on the people and the situations that we look at. If we see something with a bad eye, we can have a negative effect on something. But when we see with a good eye, we can have a positive effect. I'll give you an example of how this showed up for me in my own life recently. About a week and a half before the war broke out in Ukraine, I went there on behalf of the fellowship in order to assess the situation and put together a plan in the event of an emergency. By that time, it already looked like there might be war. The fellowship has been helping Jews in Ukraine for over 30 years. We've been providing life-saving aid to the elderly Holocaust survivors, to orphans, and to the poor. And we've also been helping Ukrainian Jews make aliyah to come home to Israel. Helping Ukrainian Jews is something that we've done for decades, and over the years, we formed partnerships with different organizations in Ukraine. So, when I went there, part of what I did was meet with our partner organizations to discuss how we would handle the different scenarios that might unfold. When I met the people working in the field to help Ukraine's neediest Jews, I noticed a lot of cooperation between the different organizations. But when I spoke directly to each organization's leadership who wasn't on the ground in Ukraine delivering the aid directly, there just wasn't the same level of cooperation. It seemed that each organization and their senior leadership outside of Ukraine was focused on their own needs, on their own brand, and their own advancement at a time when I felt like they should have put those ambitions aside for the sake of a greater whole, to work together together. On a senior level, just like the people on the ground delivering aid were working together. When I got back to Israel, I kept thinking about this lack of cooperation, and it really bothered me. But then I realized that I was looking at the whole situation and even some of the people involved with a bad eye. I was too focused on the negative that I saw and not enough on the positive After all, these organizations were all headed up by people who had dedicated their lives to helping others. They were all good people, genuinely good people, passionate people, faithful people with the best intentions to help save Jewish lives in Ukraine. I decided to have a good eye and to see the positive, and I immediately saw an opportunity to do something that had never been done before. For the first time ever, every one of our partner organizations got together at one virtual meeting that was organized by the fellowship. The result was that these different organizations came together in a way that they never had before. The senior leadership was actually excited to work together. They were anxious to help each other. They were excited and willing to fill in the gaps where one organization was weak and another was strong. And in the first week of the war, we saw the benefit of this cooperation in a way I could have never imagined. With each organization helping the others, we were able to help more people and save many more lives. Here's the thing. If I would have stayed focused on the negative, oh, they don't work together. The senior leadership won't work with someone else, won't work with another organization, won't cooperate. If I wouldn't have switched from that bad eye to a good eye, this wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't have seen the opportunity to unite those organizations, and that same level of cooperation wouldn't have been there at a time when it mattered most, literally when lives were on the line. This is just one example of how having a good eye can lead to more good in the world. This is how it happens on a natural level, but it also happens on a supernatural level. When we choose to see the good in our lives, to be thankful and grateful for our blessings, God gives us more good in our lives to see. And when we choose to see the good in another person, God brings out more goodness in that person. Too often when we want someone to change, we focus on what we don't like about them, but that only keeps them more trapped in that negative behavior. If we would just focus on the good parts of that same person, we would start to see those good parts grow. It's not easy. I know it's not always easy to have a good eye, to go against our natural instinct to be judgmental and critical and instead to see the good in every situation and every person. But you know what? It's possible because that's what God wants from us. And like everything else in life that seems difficult, we can ask God to help us and he will. I was once at the tomb of Rachel in Bethlehem and I saw beautiful ancient prayers in Hebrew that were framed and hanging on the walls and I took a picture of it so that I could remember the words this is what it said, May it be your will, God, that I not find faults in anyone, through your mercy may I always be able to judge others favorably. May you give me the intelligence to understand how to search for and find redeeming factors, strengths, and virtues in all people at all times. Amen. Imagine, imagine the world. Imagine how the world would be if we learned to focus on the good in each other instead of on the bad. Imagine how Our lives would be different if we learned to focus on the positive side of everything instead of getting caught up in the negative. And imagine how you might feel if you highlighted your good points and achievements even more than you thought about your shortcomings and mistakes. I think we'd live happier, more peaceful lives, and we'd feel incredibly blessed. When we open up our eyes, when we shift from a narrow eye to a good eye, we let in God's light and receive his abundant blessings. In Proverbs 22, 9, we read, The generous will themselves be blessed. But in the original Hebrew, the verse reads, Those with an ayin tovah, a good eye, will themselves be blessed. This week, let's work on developing a good eye. Let's focus on all of the good things in our lives. Let's be grateful for our blessings and find the silver linings in our challenges. Let's focus on the good points in the people around us and our family members, our coworkers, and even the strangers that we meet. And let's celebrate the good inside of each and every one of us. Let's focus on all of the good that we do and the goodness of our hearts. Instead of wasting our time and energy on all of the things that we wish we could change, Let's change the way that we see things. Sometimes the only thing that needs to change is our perception. And then everything else falls into place. Shavuot my friends. Have a wonderful week from here in the Holy Land. Thank you for listening to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. If you like what you have heard, visit me at mybiblicalroots.org for more of my teachings, videos, blogs, and books. You can also follow me on Instagram at yael or on Facebook at yael Eckstein. Shalom and see you next week.